0: Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sabi ajma'in wa shahadu wa la ilaha illallah wa ash'arun wa amadu wa rasul amma ba'd Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Mashallah we're here in Peoria, Masjid is salam, yes? Mashallah I'm also tickled that I remember the name of the place where I am I often make these mistakes but we're in Peoria Peoria Illinois. It has an S at the end, but you don't say it. Illinois. But you say Illinois. Yeah. Okay, we got that all worked out. This is your host, Yusuf S's National Muslim Chaplain. And we're here today live, broadcasting here, courtesy of Islam Always and ChatIslam.com. For more programs like this, visit us on the Internet at www.IslamAlways.com. Where we're always open 24 hours a day And there's always plenty of free parking And now back to our program Already in progress We're going to be talking today on the subject of Creation or evolution or both And to get started I wanted to mention to you That it is the Muslims who are in favor of this idea That God is involved in evolution to some extent And now I want to tell you that We have something in the Quran Where we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Telling us that He's responsible For all creation God Almighty is telling us He is responsible for all creation If it exists He's the creator And more than that If it's sustained He's the sustainer He tells us more or less he is the one that created the heavens and earth which means in six days or periods and then he rose above his throne. That's what we know about the creation from him. But, But Islam doesn't rule out that there are things which are reshaped and evolve because one of Allah's name is Al Khalik, the creator. But another of his names is Al Bari, and Al Bari means the evolver, the one who shapes or reshapes things. So if there's creation he created it and if there's evolution, he's the one who evolved it. This is the reconciliation between the so called creationists and the evolutionists that the West has yet to discover. But that's okay. They're usually anywhere from 200 to 1,000 years behind Islam anyway. Maybe they're going to discover it. Because you know what's on television right now? As we're sitting here in Peoria, Illinois, what's happening in my hometown right now, in Washington, D.C., is that they're broadcasting a live program from George Washington University. Yes, yes. It's broadcast right now on television. I saw it just before I left the hotel. And what is the discussion? The discussion is about what they can teach in public schools in the science classes. And can they continue to teach that everything's coming from a blue-green algae on the earth, a big bang, an explosion that took place in the universe x billion, Julian years ago? Is it something where... These little, small, teeny creatures were going along eating the blue-green algae and then something came and ate them and something came and ate them and they kept going and going until, amazingly, we showed up. I guess we are eating everything else. I don't know. (laughs) But this is what they've been teaching. And now they're saying that they have a problem. Some of the so-called scientists, and that's what they said, some of the so-called scientists are coming up with the so-called... ID or intelligent design from some so-called experiments. Everything they said is so-called if they talk about that there could be God, by the way. But everything that they come up with, what I'm going to say is their so-called explosion and the so-called blue-green algae and the so-called, you know, evolution. They didn't say so-called about that. That's fact to them. But anyway, they're saying, now what can be taught in the schools? And they're debating this and they're arguing about it. And they're saying, what should be taught? Should they be taught what these scientists are saying that they found? And this lady is standing there telling them they have discovered certain life forms that were created already evolved. Even though that was many centuries ago, millions of years ago, their first appearance on the scene is an evolved state. They didn't come from something else. Now, I remember back when they first talked about this. it was only one, but now there are many of these life forms that they're discovering already evolved. Now, before they could get away with this, I guess somebody actually started thinking at one of these think tanks. but they got away from it uh, away with this uh, for a long time, because just two days ago on the television, they had another thing talking about. How did the evolution come about? That was for children. To show the children what came first. And it was animated and it was pretty good. I thought I was seeing the real deal until I realized they were saying this was a long time ago. Even before there was television. I mean, real ancient. So they're showing that here's the planet covered in the blue-green algae. And they said it was all over the earth, and they were showing it, and the animation looked like you were looking at the earth, covered up with this this fungus-looking stuff everywhere, so liquid fungus. Then, all of a sudden, they're showing these little cute, I'm talking about the cutest, look like jellyfish with an umbrella on top. And they're popping up and down, popping up and down, and said, these are the things that first came to eat, the blue-green algae. And they're everywhere. And it showed them, and you would swear, because of the size and the shape, the different shapes, and it looks like some is the mama and the baby and the the daddy and, you know. Then they're all over, thousands, and then suddenly jillions and jillions of them all over eating the blue-green algae. And then they show this thing, looks like, you know, from... Uh, Star Wars or something a creature that has these huge he looks evil right he's got these big claw things in the front that's supposed to be his jaws and huge teeth looking and evil eyes and he's going to eat them and it calls him by a certain name a very long name with seven syllables and three or four extra S's at the end of it I can't say it myself and then this thing it says it showed up showed up that's strange, before we talk about evolution, now this guy just like showed up, could be, I don't know, because I didn't see the first part of the thing, but maybe they were talking about it came from another planet, could be that, and he showed up and he started eating these little guys with umbrellas, and then after so many billion years, something bigger showed up and started eating those guys, as I watched it, I was thinking, what if somebody actually would sit there and think? What if you would actually go through the trouble of deciding that, hey, I, I want to use my brain here? Well, if we started at the first part, now we're going to talk about Islam. Let's, let's talk about our perspective. What's my take on the deal here? If the people are going to come to us and say it all started with a mass, and they say it's a solid mass or a big rock out there in the universe that all of a sudden it blew up. Excuse me, you're talking to Muslims. According to the news media today, we Muslims are the experts on blowing up stuff. So for this reason, I'm going to take that authority to speak on behalf of blowing up. And whenever you blow up anything... You see nothing but chaos. You don't watch the news. You didn't see. When they blow up these cars and blow up these buildings, it's something horrific. People died. Does blowing up cause life or death? Uh, If it's causing life, then they should be happy with us. Huh? No, it's causing death. So anyway, blowing up. And then all of the universe came from blowing up. i got another question. How is it possible... That an explosion could bring out these perfectly shaped spheres, round things. Planets are all round. Did you see any square planets? Huh? Did you see any like pyramid shaped planets? Or oblong planets? Rectangle planets? Why are they all round? Huh? How can they be uniform? And how come the moons are always smaller than the planets that they uh, circumambulate? Huh? How come you don't have a huge moon out here in a little teeny planet if it's just random access here? I'm just asking a question. Got another question. Talking about crashing things together and making something come out of it. Could you take a water glass out to the pavement, to the parking lot, to your driveway or the sidewalk and drop it? What would happen? shatter i like that word that's it comes in my mind it could shatter and what kind of pieces would come all kinds yes splinters pieces how many you could drop another one will it do the same thing it'll be different kind of crash won't it but it still break won't it and another and another and another i want to know how many do you drop before it breaks up into even little small glasses huh and you say, that's stupid, man. Nobody accept that. Okay, cool. We know about Katrina. I just came from New Orleans, by the way. That's where I was last week, down there with the brothers. And by the way, they say, wherever I go, send Salaam Alaikum from them. And that they're really having strong iman in Allah regardless of their hard situation, and make dua for them. That's all they're asking for. So, Salaam Alaikum from your brothers down in New Orleans, and especially Baton Rouge. That's where I was in Lafayette. Now, back to the program. When I was there, they took me around to a place called Metairie, Louisiana. And we looked around the edge, one edge of New Orleans. It was horrible. And they said, this is the part that was spared. I said, this is spared. Sides of buildings are gone. Roofs are gone. They said in the other part, the whole houses are gone. The businesses are gone. The roads are gone. Everything is gone. That's pretty scary. Now this is what's called what? Hurricane. Yes? Okay. Hurricane comes, destroys everything. So I'm wondering, what if somebody told you, oh, you know that big hurricane came through and when it came to that junkyard, you know the junkyard out on 87 okay big junkyard out there you know and here come the tornado or the hurricane caught all those old cars and refrigerators and stoves and microwaves and computers and whatever they had out there junk picked them up swing them around in the air round and round they go and boom they all fall down and it's what is it huh they land out there all even in a row a whole bunch of brand new mercedes-benz Why are you laughing? Don't laugh at the scientists, man. They don't like that, man. Come on. Huh? And the motor's running. Oh, and let's throw in this free gas. (laughs) So the price of gas today, that's a good deal. So how are these, you're going to say, how can these cars even be created? Forget that. How would they be able to sustain themselves and run? How would they do that? You say, get away from me. That's stupid. I don't want to hear about it. I got another one for you. I came up with this one all by myself. I call it Burger Blast. I like this one. Yeah, because they're telling me stuff comes from a blast. And I was thinking, "Mm hmm. suppose I would tell one of these scientists, hey, new place opened up in town, new franchise. You got to check it out, man. It's called Burger Blast. Let's go get something to eat. You go, what? Yeah, Burger Blast. Come on. Let's go eat. Well, what is it? You'll see whatever you like how do you like a hamburger well i like mine with this and the cucumber and bubble gum and all that okay great however you want the hamburger to be this is what you're going to get really wow you mean i just tell the lady what i want and no 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 lady involved huh just walk in the door go to any chair you like sit down don't say anything All of a sudden, you're going to hear a blast out in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, here comes the the hamburger flying right down, right in front of you, landing on your table with it. Trimmings the way you like it. Whatever you want in the burger, it's got it. You like anchovies in your burger, double cheese and bubble gum, you got it. It's all right there in your hamburger. And fries on the side, if you like fries, and lots of Texas gravy. You know what's Texas gravy, right? Ketchup. Lots of it. (laughs) Oh, and the drink, whatever you like to drink, mint julep is right there for you, or iced tea, or, you know, shai, gawa. Huh? What do you like? It's there. Now it gets better. You eat until you've had enough, and then suddenly another blast, right on your table, and boom, it just clears it all away. It's gone. Out comes your dessert, just the way you like it. Huh? And then... Boom, gone again, and then you walk out the door. No cash register. No, sir. But it scans your billfold and charges to your credit card $57.04 plus tip. Nobody works there. There's no employees. Nobody runs the place. Nobody opens it. It just automatically opens when you show up and the doors close when you go out. Nobody cleans it up. Takes care of itself. This is what? Insanity. Absolute positive nuts. I don't even want to hear about it. Do you? This guy's a cuckoo. I'm not going anywhere with him. I don't want to ride with him or walk with him, but I don't want to talk to him. But if he's a scientist, huh? and he's telling my kids, hey, 450 million years ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Oh I'm sorry, that's the beginning against Star Wars, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, so the dark force no, how does that go again? <laughs> you don't buy it and I don't buy it. So why are we going to accept it from a so called scientist who just doesn't want to believe in God? That's the real problem. But the thing that they're discussing is only this issue the God of the Bible. And they're going to talk about, what about some other solutions? They, they're saying, of course, the Hindu God, they don't want to go with that because this is, I mean, it was 33,000 gods or more than that, no? They don't want to get into that thing. The Buddhist thing, they don't want to get into that because everybody's god under that deal. Well, they want to talk about specifically the God they believe in, which is the God of Abraham and Moses and Jesus, But it's also Jesus, and it's also God at the same time, and it's also, you know, on the cross, but not on the cross, dies but doesn't die, and some other unique things. And 1 equals 3, and 3 equals 1, and the list goes on. But why didn't they want to mention the fact, and we already know the answer to this one, why don't they want to mention the fact that there is a religion out there already that accommodates both... In Islam, we believe there is intelligent design. In fact, Allah is Al-Alim, which is what? He's the knower. He knows everything. You can't get more intelligent than that. And He's the designer, without a doubt. He's the shaper. He shapes, He creates, and everything is coming from Him. At the same time, it solves the problem of evolution because Islam doesn't denounce evolution. Allah clearly states in the Quran that he created and destroyed and recreated and made more and more and reshaped and did all these things mentioned in Quran. Well, there's no doubt for us. And if you want to talk about people before us, so Allah spoke about that already. We had Dr. Fatima Jackson, the professor of anthropology, on our television show in Washington, D.C. She did two shows with us. Actually, the way we do it in the TV business, we shot both shows the same night, and then we run them later and make it look like it's two different times. That's, I think you already know that. <laughs> but I wish we could have had her for more programs because it was exciting, and I wish you would write to us and we'll try to get some copies for you. you got to see it. They were broadcast in those shows just before I left to go to New Orleans. We made those about two years ago. <coughs> what Dr. Fatima Jackson was saying, but she's a Muslim in case you didn't forget it from her name, Fatima. And she was telling us that the anthropologists know already a lot of the things that Islam is teaching, but they don't want to try to incorporate it into curriculum They do make certain talks and speeches pointing toward intelligent design without saying it. And they totally debunk a lot of stuff that's in the books that kids are reading. But nobody wants to stand up against these big publishing houses and try to really bring it around to the truth. That's what she said. And then she began to explain. And I'll give you just one example. I want you to think about this. Have you heard about something called Neanderthal Man? Cro-magnum man the osteolopithecine now I'm real proud of myself for being able to say that without lisping all that I don't believe I can do it again but the point was you've heard of these different mankind mankind this kind of man who evolved to this kind of man and when they show it for the children in, in a, to give them an idea how it works they start out with a monkey a marmoset or some small monkey and then this monkey sort of changes, because it's animated. The monkey changes into a bigger monkey until he changes into a bigger one and a baboon. And finally he changes into, you know, a gorilla or a orangutan or something like chimpanzee. He's walking, walking, and suddenly, and it's always walking along, you know. And then the long arms are starting to shorten up a little bit. The back is starting to straighten up. And suddenly, you know what, he's losing his hair and he's kind of naked, you know. And he's standing, you know, but still kind of hairy and a little bit and it's weird arms. Are, and this is supposed to be cro Man. And then Osteolopithecine. I did it again. I'm so proud of that. And then, and then, and then. And finally, we got First Man standing there without the fig leaf. I don't like that for the kids, do you? I don't like that. And that now is how Man came about. Dr. Jackson said, very clear, this is totally bogus. There is no evidence anywhere in all of the science for this, this little scenario in animation. She said those time periods indicate the most of the skeletal remains they found at that time. But all of these existed at the same time. One could not have evolved to the other. It's merely telling you this is the time when there were more Cro-Magnum than they were Neanderthal. There were more Neanderthal than there were Cro-Magnum or Osteolopithecine. But never was it such that you could see an evolution of one into the other. That's her statement and nobody has challenged this statement. In fact, I've found that to be in the books. And why are they not telling our children the truth? She said that there came a period where it was obvious that all of them were gone and then suddenly... Mankind, as we know him today, appears suddenly. And she said the one thing that was common amongst all of the others is their head shape. And the brain cavity, the size of the area for the brain. They were similar. But man, as we know us today, was different. The head was different. How many of you know the Hadith of Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam talking about the creation of Adam? Huh? What was the last thing that Allah created? His toes? Huh? His fingers? His shoulder blade? What was the last thing after Allah created him and stood him up and did not put his what on his head on his shoulders? His head. The head is the last thing created. Don't you find that odd? Fourteen hundred years ago. That Muhammad is describing what they're coming up with today. Huh? Amazing. Ajib. Well, now that we discussed this, I, I really feel like it's important for us to ask the question who are these people to decide by a vote what they're going to teach? when it should be an obvious question to them, why don't you just simply teach the truth? There's a concept. Tell the truth. When they hold the, con- the Congress together and they say, what should we do? Tell the congressmen, listen, senators, congressmen, you political guys here, what about the truth? Now, wait a minute. On second thought, They wouldn't know what you were talking about, would they? Not those guys. That would not be a familiar term to them, would it? How can people continue to present lie after lie after lie and not see what they're doing to themselves and to their society, to the civilization around them? That's a rhetorical question, of course. We as Muslims, by the way, are the ones responsible in front of Allah for this subject, not them. You cannot, expect, you cannot expect a cure for a disease to come from the patient. That's not fair to ask an infected person to come up with the cure or an antidote for a poison. Is that true? It is up to those who have the knowledge, who have the resources, who have the studies already in place to speak with authority on the subject. And there is no other group, a jamaa or congregation, congress of human beings on earth that's having more knowledge on this subject, more resources on this subject than Muslims. If you doubt what I said, I will share with you. Even after, so many of the enemies of Islam have gone into the various countries and places over the centuries and burned their libraries and destroyed their books and hung the scholars and even built a bridge out of books in Spain and filled the Nile River and other rivers with the books of the scholars until the rivers ran black with the ink. Still, we have the largest accumulation of scrolls of ancient manuscripts, books, volumes, teachings on the subject of who is God. In the salah, in our prayer tonight for Isha, what I was reading for you was what the very subject from the Quran itself called Ayatul Kursi: Who is God? And he tells you in his own book, he describes himself without any equivocation whatsoever. Allahu la ilaha illahu al Allah, He is the one beside whom none other is worthy to be worshipped. He is the alive. He didn't say He is alive, He said He is THE alive. Meaning that He's eternally alive. always alive and he's the self-subsisting takes care of himself doesn't need you to come along and give him anything in fact it's the other way around all creation needs him for eternity because he's also a samad and that means he is the one taking care of everything all creation depends on him and he doesn't depend on the creation Wallah, and this is no and no. Wallah, sinatun wallah naum. And he doesn't rest. And he sure doesn't sleep. book of Genesis in the Bible has a problem for some people. Some of the atheists, they don't like it. They say, well, look, it says right there, God made all these things in six days and on the seventh day he rested. What kind of God is that? We're going to say, you know what? We agree with you. We totally agree with you That doesn't make any sense In fact That to me Doesn't sound good at all To talk like this To say that God Has to rest Or go to sleep Or you got You know Like man I'm fucked out. That was too much Did you see all the work I had to do And when I got to the earth I Had to make all those Blue green algae things And those little You know those mushroom dudes And all the Man that was a lot of stuff No, come on. But then Allah continues and talks about Himself. To Him belongs all that's in the heavens and the earth. If it's there, it belongs to Him. Yeah, wow. Then He asks a rhetorical question because Allah is not just interested in proving to you who He is. He's talking to you about your condition and your relationship to Him because He comes up with this right away. Think about it. Who is there that could be coming as an intercessor between Him and His creation unless He gives the permission in the first place? Because it's obvious you're going to have to atone or repent for what you did. You're going to be in trouble with Him. It's coming up really soon. This is an indication of that day of judgment right there. Then it continues. Talking about knowledge. You wanna talk about knowledge? He says, he has full knowledge of everything in the creation. Front, back, up, down, future, past. It's all with him. He knows it. Then he says, guess what? You don't have any knowledge. You don't have any knowledge except what he wills for you to have. Like going to the library and checking out a book. You know? That's about it. And then it gets checked back in and you lost it. You're born with nothing. Allah gives you something and takes it back away from you. That's how your knowledge works. He and He has full knowledge of all things at all times. And it's much more encompassing than that. By the way, it's, we're not just talking about He knows something. He knows everything simultaneously. Brother was reminding me of something today. And and it makes sense because it's in the very beginning of Surah Baqarah. When we talk about Al-Ghaib, you know you have to believe in the Al-Ghaib. And the English says that this is the unseen. Brother's saying it's more than just unseen. It also includes everything you don't hear. You don't see it, you don't hear it, you don't smell it, you don't taste it, you don't feel it, you don't imagine it. And that's Al-Ghaib. But Allah has full knowledge of that, yes or no. So whatever exists, whether you can see it or not, hear it or not, smell it or not, taste it or not, etc., etc., etc. Allah has full knowledge of all of it and more. SubhanAllah. And the glory is only to Allah. He continues. It's not over yet. wal It says here that His chair... Kursi means chair, not a throne. For the benefit of those who thought this means the verse of the throne. Arsh is throne in Arabic. This is kursi. His kursi extends over the heavens and the earth. Some of the companions of Muhammad ﷺ, they asked him, is this Allah's Arsh? And he said, no. So don't argue about it anymore. But he said, no. He said, "The size of this curse, which it's saying right here in the Quran, it's so huge it extends over the entire universe. But the size of it compared to Allah's Arsh is actually small. Small. How small is it?" The Prophet ﷺ said, "As though you took a ring and threw it out in the desert. Let's try that. Jump in your helicopter. Let's go for a ride. We'll fly over the Sahara Desert." Take your ring off and drop it out there in the desert from the helicopter. Okay, then tomorrow we'll go to Cairo, get a couple of camels, and go back and try to find it. <laughs> They'll be lucky if they ever find you out there wandering around in the desert. You never going to see? Are you ever going to see that ring again? Huh? This is the comparison in the size of this cursey to the arsh of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But then, guess what? Sub-narrator in the Rewiah says, and that is also the comparison of the cursey to the universe, that the universe is like a tiny ring thrown in the desert. Now, I got a news flash for you. You can't imagine this. There's nothing like this that will come in your mind of how tiny you really are in front of your Lord. This is so scary. So scary. But I did see something in a movie. I saw something in a movie. I watch too many movies, don't I? But this is at the end of something that was called Men in Black. How many saw Men in Black? Anybody saw it? Remember the very end of the movie? And it was showing how small the universe was? Because it went, the camera goes out of a window of some place. And then it shows the building, and then it shows the the country, and then the earth, and then the earth became small compared to the galaxy, and then the galaxy was small, and then on and on and on until it was all like a little teeny marble. And a creature reached down and picked it up and was shooting it like a marble on some other universes. And then the mother came and got the kids and took them away. Some creatures. Now of course we don't believe like Allah is like a creature, but the point was here: you think you're big. But see how small you can really be in front of Allah. And he never gets tired of taking care of it. And he is mighty and majestic and above all things. And this is Allah talking about himself. An amazing statement from the Rabbil Alameen, the Lord of the Worlds. For me as a Muslim, it simply brings more proof over and over and over. This is what inspired me to write the book called Big Bang. It's on our website. It's free like everything else that we do. You can go there and enjoy it. Check it out. It's called Big Bang. And this is the proof, the logical understanding of the creation of the universe and its continuation based on simple reflection without emotional prejudices or superstition. Check it out. And also for a rebroadcast of this and other exciting programs, you can visit our internet website, which is always open 24 hours a day at islamalways.com Till next time, Salaam Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh.